you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Um, Erica, I have a new celebrity fascination. I am here for all of them, even when they are not Harry Styles. This one's slightly unexpected, I'll say, even for me. Yeah, let's <laughs> It's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, yeah, no, F- Flea of the Cocksock. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was trying to remember. So I knew he performed naked. This is like one of the few things I knew about Flea up until yeah. a few weeks ago was like that he was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Anthony Kiedis and that he performed naked. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he's the one who always put a sock on his penis and then Googled for images. And it was really hard to find, like you could find tons of images of him naked, but couldn't find a ton of the sock. I clearly (laughs) didn't put a lot of effort into it, but I was like, I don't want to get this wrong. I could be, there could definitely have been somebody else who performed with the sock. I think they might've, I think it might've been like also a band thing that like multiple members did. I don't Mm. think it was necessarily him exclusively, but you know. Well, that is something that the Google image search results did turn up is that they all like to get naked. Um, yes. In the Red Hot Chili Peppers, for sure. So the reason that I fell down this flea rabbit hole was because I was watching this documentary that Dave Grohl made called What Drives Us, which is a I really good documentary. I don't think Did I you told like you. Yeah. Oh, yes. good. And we watched oh. it like partially because you had recommended it because mm-hmm. Thomas was in a band. And it's yes, just like about like- I thought maybe like, it would speak to him. Hashtag band life and van life, yeah. kind of. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's about like band dynamics, but they use the idea of like the touring van as sort of the jumping off point to talk about how bands coexist together and how the sort of like touring process feeds into band dynamics and is such a big part of the band experience. And I read a review that was really interesting because it pointed out that like, even though there's some there's some non-American rock stars in it that it is this sort of distinctly American exp- mm. American band experience because the U.S. is so big. And if in the U.K., if you just don't have to drive that far to get across the country to play another gig. Totally, so. totally. And I loved, I think my favorite parts of it were where they were like talking about passing venue names. Like you'd, you'd run into another band and you would like yes. pass trade venue names with them. And then you'd be like, 
you know, shooting across West Texas and like you'd all be hitting the same little venues that you knew would have like host a punk show or whatever. It was that part was extremely charming, like back of the envelope, truly here's here's your like tour schedule (laughs) so charming they like trace it back to these like early punk bands who were like yes we figured out that this is a way we could make a living so here like call this guy at that venue which is just all very pre-internet that was a really good part of the documentary my favorite part of the documentary by a long shot was every appearance by flea yes totally totally listen he's he's incredibly charming i couldn't believe how charming and charismatic and thoughtful he was and i just I really had no feelings about him before this other than like exactly what we said that he was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers and he performed naked. And I like had a sense of him being like a bad boy, sort of like reckless, whatever. Well, tell me I did everything. Some research. Tell me There's everything. a lot of like random tidbits that I didn't know about Flea. One of the most shocking things, which is revealed in the documentary is that he's Australian, which was a huge surprise to me. He doesn't have an he has no Aussie accent. accent. Okay. okay. He left when he was like five or six, but like okay. Australia okay. does play a big role in his sort of like personality and his his personal development, which I'll get into this later, but I know because I'm reading his memoir now, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, my other, so my other fun fact about Flea is that he played the bass on Jagged Little Pill, which one of my all-time favorite albums was thrilled to wow. find out that he had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. The first thing that I figured out about Flea is that he's married to this woman, Melody Asani, which I had no idea. And I followed her on Instagram for a while because before, she's this like before knowing before I was following Flea and before I knew she was married to Flea because she's just this like streetwear designer hip lady in LA she had was recently named the creative director for women's at Foot Locker but she mm. also has her own line of like clothes and jewelry and stuff like that and I was like wow he's married to this like super cool this cool girl I totally and they have an incredibly charming relationship which is very much revealed through their Instagram GQ also did an article about their couple dynamics which we'll link to they're just like charming and cute together she is like 20 years younger than him but it works you know um, and it like feels like a real authentic thing it really feels very authentic I mean yeah. it already did through their social media presence but it does it is really driven home in this GQ article which talks about also how they like love to fight and fight a ton and see it as like not a problem <laughs> and they're just like but we just like it's so strong our bond is so strong that the fighting is just like nothing it's just like who we are <laughs> it's like a core <laughs> couple trait exactly exactly yeah. okay He's incredibly active on Instagram and Twitter and vacillates like pretty much primarily between either being like really thoughtful and contemplative or sheer outrage or sheer enthusiasm. Like it's just these two extremes. All of his outrage and enthusiasm is directed at either basketball or like social and political causes like environment and politics and stuff like that. Basketball. Tell me more. He's a huge Lakers fan, huge Lakers fan, okay. but also Dodgers. Um, like he's a big LA he's guy, just like an in LA sports fan. Yeah, yeah, but like, which huge also makes it feel, me feel like his presence should be more largely felt. You know what I mean? Right, like like Spike Lee. You mean exactly? Like I feel like yes. I know a lot of like enthusiastic celebrity sports fans because they're enthusiastic celebrity sports fans. He he is really enthusiastic. I mean, he's really enthusiastic about a lot of things in general. In fact. I would love to find some professional enthusiast merch to send him at some point. Um, it is certainly one of the things that appeals to me about him. One of my favorite, I, I pulled my favorite recent flea tweet, which was just, one would think a simple raw pistachio would be delicious, but it is the saddest, lonely little bland nut I've ever let pass the portal of my mouth. He's just really poetic in that way sometimes. Well, you did get that sense from him in the documentary. And I've heard 
I've heard that this memoir of his is quite good that you are now reading in the same so, way, right? The memoir is remarkably good. He wrote it all himself. There is absolutely no ghostwriter or like written with involved here. And that is also backed up by the number of delays like that this thing went through. It was supposed to come out in like 2017. <laughs> I was like, how do you know this? And then, ah, uh, okay, okay. So, well, that, I mean, it's also just really clear from the writing, but it's like, it was originally supposed to come out in 2017 and then it was going to come out in 2018. I think it came out in 2019. And at that point, it had like the concept had also been adjusted. And because it was originally supposed to track a lot of his life in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but mm. this basically and sort of right before the Red Hat Chili Peppers really takes off. So you feel like um, we're getting a sequel? I think it's possible. Um, What's the writing style like? It's incredibly poetic, sort of like musical, lyrical. It's full of personality. He's wildly like vulnerable and insecure and like honest in it in a way that I think is what makes it appealing, even though he's not talking about his life as a celebrity. Because a lot of times when you read these celebrity memoirs, you're like, you want the gossip, you want yeah. the juice, you want to know what it's like to be a famous person. And with this, you're not finding that out because he's writing about like his childhood with an abusive stepfather. Yeah. And it is still somehow incredibly compelling because he is just this guy who has like, A, been through so much and seen so much, but B, is just so, um, like, I just want to say mindful. Like he yeah. really is like in touch with himself and what's going on in the world and his feelings and his flaws and all of that. The audiobook was nominated for a Grammy and I will say it's outstanding. I checked it out from the library because I do sometimes like to like go between audio and printed versions of a really? book. Really? How do you do that? I just like find where I left okay. off. Okay. Um, it seems hard to me. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. But then sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I have to fold laundry and I just like, yeah, 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 this yeah, book. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do really recommend the audiobook because his, uh, he reads it obviously and he's so feeling in it. He's so good at it. In fact, I, if you're going to choose one, I would go with the audio. Yeah, I think I'm interested in the audiobook. Would you file this next to Just Kids? Did you ever read Patty Smith's Just Kids? So interesting that you should ask. Flea and Pat, I'd never read it, but okay. Flea and Patty Smith are really close and Patty Smith wrote the like prologue or like intro. To, so they to would file the them children. next to yes, each other. Yes, absolutely. Because that also absolutely. makes me feel like maybe then we are going to get second career for Flea as a memoirist because that's sort of like what she's, she has that's multiple true. books yeah. out at this point. Um, I could see that. Yeah. I hope so. I really am so impressed by his writing style and it really, it just feels very like authentic to him. And that is like truly how you know that nobody else wrote it because it, it would be a lot more polished, but not as good yeah, if somebody yeah, else had written yeah. it. The final thing that I want to share about Flea with you are all of the causes that he's incredibly passionate about because I also just feel like he's he's this like activist in, for so many causes. So the first one, and this was also one of my big hooks or how I got hooked on him yeah. in the documentary, is it's re he reveals in the documentary that the first instrument that he picked up that really got him into music was the trumpet, which... Yeah, really charmed me because a like whoever thinks of Flea playing the trumpet, but he had this awful childhood with this like abusive, alcoholic, drug addicted stepfather, and just like no adults in his life really like stepping up for him. And the trumpet at school, which he discovered at school, was like his thing. It was his refuge, and it he, it was life changing for him. He was super into jazz, and I was just like, wow, Flea playing the trumpet. I also played the trumpet. Uh, That's what I was thinking. I was trying to, I was trying mm -hmm. to figure out where, where in my brain that information lived. Okay. Uh, Chris also randomly that my husband, that was his instrument. I had no idea you and Chris and Flea had this thing in common. I forget about it often yeah. <laughs> that Chris, but it also just, 
like to me felt like such a dorky instrument. And so uh, I you're, really- You're talking to someone who played the French horn. Claire. I know. I don't- <laughs> I know. And I, we feel, I feel bonded to you through that. You know, the brass section was strong. <laughs> Just two horns over here. <laughs> yeah. So he, the trumpet really like saved Flea. I mean, and he feels so passionately about this. He started in LA, the Silver Lake Music Conservatory, because he was so upset about the music programs being taken out of public schools that he wanted to provide access to music for public school kids. And so that's his, that's his like nonprofit foundation, you know, passion project. He like runs marathons to raise money for it. He's also super fit. He's- Wait, so you and Flea both have run marathons and you both played the trumpet? Did you ever imagine we have so much in common? I just, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. Also, he's super anti-gun and has like, has some really quality tweets about how infuriated he is by, you know, the gun situation in the US, which like, I shouldn't applaud him for, but I appreciate him being outspoken about this. Also some super fire tweets about the environmental crisis and the corporations who are just complicit Complicit. in Mm -hmm. all of it. He also, related to his concern about the environment, built a beehive in his backyard in an effort to help restore the honeybee population. It is obviously called Fleas Bees. Remarkable. Okay. That's so far my favorite thing. (laughs) I thought that might speak to you. Um, (laughs) Fleas Bees. Yeah. Can we buy Fleas Bees honey? Uh, I don't think so, but I'll keep you posted should that change. Red I'll, hot I'll bees, bees, chili, honey. I don't know. I mm, just feel like oh my there's God, a hot honey, <laughs> hot honey, mm-hmm. chili, bees. honey, for sure. <laughs> He's really passionate about saving the gorillas, and there's some incredible video content of him playing bass with Coco. The gorilla. wow, of course, K O K O. I had to yeah. picture yeah, in my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Coco's really surprisingly good at the bass, and Flea's that's just not like, surprising to me at all. No, take it back. <laughs> Please just blissed out in her cage, literally lying on the ground next to her while she plays, saying, this is the most incredible moment of my life. And then finally, Flea was, had like serious drug addiction problems throughout most of his, like sort of the height of the Red Hot Chili Peppers career and wrote this really moving essay for time about the opioid crisis and like his, you know, his experience with being addicted and what it's been like. And also talks about how more recently he had to get surgery to fix a broken arm and while he was so grateful to the doctor for like restoring it so that he could play bass again, the doctor also prescribed him, you know, opioid painkillers. He just calls out that like there is this huge crisis and it's being enabled by pharmaceutical companies and well-meaning doctors and people who are suffering and dying because of it. And, yeah. you know, I just appreciate that this is where Flea is putting his time. He he could just be like hanging out enjoying his royalty checks, but- And Dodgers so- games. <laughs> exactly. But there is so much more to him than I realized. And, you know, there's also like some troubling shit from his past, including uh, an allegation of a, of assault from a woman at one of his shows in the 90s and some stuff like that. That's like not as uh, not something I'm as passionate about. But all in all, I'm I think Flea was, was a nice discovery for me in this like late quarantine phase. Um, yeah, I really want to listen to this. I really want to listen to this book. I'm going to I recommend I'm gonna do it. that. I recommend it. Thank you so much to online life insurance agency Haven Life for sponsoring today's episode. Very interesting partnering with Haven Life because it feels very on theme for the year that we've all had, but also just especially me, I feel like as soon as 
we went into lockdown, my mother was all of a sudden breathing down my neck to make sure that all my ducks were in a row when Mm. it came to stuff like this. And let me tell you, none of them were in a row. They were in like a giant scattered abstract circle. (laughs) Um, I feel like circle feels generous, more like a Matisse cutout probably. Yes, yes. And it just felt like she was just like, have you decided this? Have you and Chris talked about this? Have you gotten a will? Have you gotten life insurance? Have you done all that stuff? And I was like, are you a grown up?" Right. And I was like, no, I'm actually just like everybody else doing fetal position in the shower because like my life just got turned upside down and I can't actually grapple with this sort of thing right now. Like I can't even face it. I can barely, you know, get out of bed. I'm so freaked out. And now that, you know, we're not in that place anymore, or a lot of people are not in that place anymore. I do feel like I can finally sort of like begin to grapple with things like, okay, how do I get a will? How do I deal with life insurance? How do I do all these things that grownups need to do, whether or not we're in the midst of a global pandemic? Correct, correct. Which is why it's nice to learn about things like Haven Life, which is an innovative life insurance agency backed and wholly owned by the leading life insurer, Mass Mutual, that has modernized the process of buying term life insurance so that it's digital, simple, dependable, and still affordable. There's an easy online application process with great rates for term life insurance, an immediate decision on coverage eligibility, and if approved, coverage can start that day. Haven Life offers up to $3 million in term life insurance coverage subject to age limitations. Applying for term life insurance is easy and affordable and actually kind of enjoyable. We'll prove it to you. Go to havenlife.com. That's havenlife.com. Haven Life is a different kind of life insurance agency, the kind where you can apply online for affordable coverage from the comfort of your couch. No pressure, no hassle, and no unnecessary phone calls. So find the nearest sofa and check out havenlife.com and get a quote to see for yourself. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Erica, I was telling you recently, I have a friend who has a little brother who's just in one of those moments in life where it's just one thing after the other, like you're just like, oh my God, like so many difficult times and tragedies. And I was having a conversation with her of like, would he ever go see a therapist? Because it just feels like he, he needs to. Yeah. And her response was like, it just, I think feels so out of the realm of even possibility for him, like just the... the, So far out of his comfort zone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Something he wouldn't even consider. He probably doesn't have any friends who've ever been to therapy. It's not just within his, like, in his frame of mind at all. And we both agreed and sort of landed on, like, maybe something like text message therapy could be sort of almost like that gateway drug for him where it's like, yeah, he's not going to go find a doctor and and go see somebody in person. It's just like not something he'd be comfortable with, but he's definitely comfortable with texting. And could that be the thing that like gets him into a therapy framework where he can start to get help? Well, and then maybe that like text messaging pro- progresses to a phone call or progresses to video chat or like whatever, exactly. where he still doesn't have to leave his house. Exactly. Um, I loved yeah. that. And I, it was like so nice to be like, oh, right. That's something that exists now that like might make this a possibility for him that it just like wouldn't have even been a consideration 10 years ago. And for so many people, talking to a licensed therapist can help you feel better and achieve your goals. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is a professional counseling done securely online so you can get the help you need on your own time and at your own pace. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across 50 states in four modes of communication, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is confidential, and if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can just request a different one. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. 
We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much for supporting the sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you this show every week. In a study by Esquire, 54% of women said they'd rather be hit by a car than considered fat. If I'm being honest, I've been those women. So for me, this isn't just a podcast, it's personal. I'm Danielle Robay, TV host and journalist, and years of celebrity interviewing taught me that beauty isn't about what you look like, it's about who you become. Each week, I'm having thought-provoking conversations, digging into the stories of people who put a new spin on pretty. From entrepreneurs and authors to politicians and celebrities, no topic is off limits. So join me every Thursday for a new episode to feel pretty inspired, pretty seen, and best of all, pretty smart. Okay, so the other thing we want to talk about on this episode because you know we like an unlikely pairing, is mm-hmm. wedding registries. Well, um, it's not so unlikely. Flea's been married at least twice, but I think three times. So <laughs> This is a man who's registered for a wedding or that's two. Right. Or that's three. right. That's um, right. So we've gotten a lot of questions about wedding registries in the mm-hmm. past and felt like, gosh, we may as well, <laughs> we may as well get into we this We may topic. as well put something together, you know? It's also interesting because in putting together some thoughts on wedding registries and like what people should be putting on their wedding registries, we realized it's actually useful to people who are not getting married because like who doesn't occasionally find themselves in a place where you're like, I need to replace my entire dish collection or I need new drinking glasses. Or yeah, or I just am at a point in my life where I would like matching glasses and you know, Mm -hmm. you don't need to get married to do that. Um, Actually completely separate process. (laughs) I thank you for the permission because I just I still have all of the glasses and dishes that my parents handed down to me when I moved out of the house and only recently finally upgraded the glasses and it was a delightful experience. Delightful. Okay, so something some things we wanted to say about wedding registries to kick this off. Basically, like depending on where you are in your life, you probably have most of the things you need because most people aren't getting married at 18. Like most people yes. aren't going straight from their parents' house to their uh newlywed home. <laughs> no, no. You're always being carried over the threshold after high school graduation. Exactly. Um, and so in light of that, we we both approached writing registries as an opportunity to like upgrade things like the plates you got for when you moved into your first apartment that you were sharing with a roommate because they were on sale at Target or whatever. And I feel like we've had conversations with people who are like, I don't want to have a wedding registry. And there's like, no, you do not have to have a wedding yeah. registry. But there are people who will insist on buying you a thing, like a yeah. physical thing, even if you say no gifts, even if you say donations only, even if you say we're saving for a down payment or what money for a honeymoon or whatever, they will be like, no, but I have to wrap a box. Yes. People just, some people just don't like giving money. And I get that because yeah. sometimes... People just have weird, funny feelings about it, or it feels weird to just like put a price tag so clearly on the gift you're giving a person. Like some people just want to give a gift. There are also people and people who don't know you very well or who you've met once or who like work with your parent or like whatever, who will insist on buying you something off registry and Mm -hmm. that you can't help either. Like that is just also part of the process. (laughs) But if you are one of those people, we are sending out a secret menu that is going to help with that. We are going to put together some good off registry gifts. If you're one of those people who's just like, I can't buy you a Cuisinart. I'm sorry. I need to get you something more interesting than that. Well, yeah, but that's for people who you're like super good friends with. Yeah, that's true. Like not someone you've met once. Totally. Agreed. One tactical thing we were thinking about when putting together 
our own registries years and years ago at this point is that it's not like you're merchandising a shop or anything, but it is nice to offer like a mix of price points for someone who wants to spend $40 so that they feel like they can get you something like actually substantial for $40. Um, Or if someone wants to spend $300 that they're not like cobbling together a bunch of little hodgepodge things and being like, I guess I'll have the shower curtain rings. Right. (laughs) I don't know. That is so true because you know, you know, when you arrive late at a registry and there's only slim pickings left and you're like, cool. So there's like the $2,000 that like massive appliance or there's uh, one fork. It's like being the last person at a garage sale or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's just like completely picked over. So in putting together this episode, we're sharing our, specifically our dining favorites, like dishes and flatware and glassware and all of that, that for us have really felt like stuff that, okay, you like actually legitimately could and and would want to use this stuff forever because like no offense to the towels and to the sheets and things that I registered for eight years mm-hmm. ago or whatever but like those things have a shelf life like totally they don't, they don't last forever um even if you but take you're good still care of them. you and I are both still using the flatware that we registered for yes yes so yes there's that yes and I'm still using most of the sheets I just want to replace them at some point I, <laughs> I just have a different emotional experience with them at this point Listen, cross your fingers for that DTC sheet startup advertising. <laughs> Got to cross uh, my fingers. Yeah, cross your fingers. Got to um, cross my fingers. Oh, and the other thing we wanted to say mm-hmm. is that we're going to go deep into a couple mm-hmm. of our favorites in each of these categories. But if you want like the full kit and caboodle, the full rundown of each category, sign up for Secret Menu because we're going to be sharing the like sort of master list. A master list of like, here's the category Here's all the like chic things that we think you should just scroll through in this category. Check out. Know about. Know, know about. That's know what about. I would say. It feels like our sort of like curated offering of here's some stuff you might want to register for. Yes. Yes. So speaking of flatware, should speaking we start flatware. with flatware? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we I talk about that- our flatware first? Because yes, I feel like let's. we've really planted that seed. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We both have the same flatware, but in different hues, in different That's finishes. Right. Uh-huh. Um, we both have this all moco flatware. The shape is extremely classic. Mine's it, like a coppery. It's like somewhere between copper and rose gold. Look, yeah, shade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yours mine is, is gold. Gold. Yeah, somewhere between gold and brass. And looking back, I'm like, wow. It's like surprising that I didn't think I would get tired of this thing. Yeah, but I really haven't. Um, I haven't either. And it doesn't feel like dated to me. Um, I think because the this, this style is so straightforward and classic. Yes. And it's also just really quality. I, I, people have come over and asked me like, does this start to wear off? Or like, does it patina weird? And it doesn't. Like there's no, it's not as if, you know, a hundred runs in the dishwasher later, you can start to see a different color underneath or something. Um, it's just a classic quality flatware. Agreed. Super into it. Super sleek. Like good also, weight. I don't know. Good weight. Also good sizes of like big fork, small fork, big spoon, little spoon. Thank you. An exceptional call out. You know, yes. I love a little spoon and they also have a feel strongly spoon. about like a small fork. I like to eat breakfast with a smaller fork. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You that's start, that's like, like start kind of like lean into the day. You know, you just, I'm not ready for a big fork at breakfast. This is how you know we weren't raised in formal households because I do believe the technical term is a salad, a salad fork. fork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're like the small forks. <laughs> the small forks, the uh-huh. small spoons, also dessert spoons. But you know, whatever. Yeah. You use them how you want to use them. A breakfast right. fork. Um, yeah. An ice cream spoon. <laughs> These are the new terms. These are the <laughs> updated terms. Uh, another one that I think is such a good 
option, especially if you have a small kitchen, is the mono ring cutlery. So this is really cute, sort of like stylized cutlery that has a circle at the end, which just looks cute on its own, but is also functional because they make this stand so that you can hang it all from a stand that if you don't have room in your drawers, and I have certainly lived in kitchens where I did not have room for a cutlery drawer or a flatware drawer, you can just hang it on this little stand and it comes in all these different colors, also just like classic black or gray, but cute, fun, poppy colors. And this line in general, Mono has a lot of very chic flatware styles that that feel worth looking into. I feel like if I were buying something right now and wanted something that felt like a little bit like a tiny bit trendy, but also timeless, this might be what I would go for. Oh, interesting. Great segue because here's what I think I would go for. I think I would do like a bistro flatware, Mm. which you can get from a couple of different places, but Sabra or Sabre, I don't, know how you pronounce yeah, I it. Think Sabra. Yeah. Is this like classic French bistro style? So it's where the handle is covered in either acrylic or wood. And mm-hmm, then you've got mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. three little metal fasteners that yes. like circle fasteners down the handle. And I hadn't really thought about it in a while, but then was when I was doing research for this was like, well, this is definitely trending, but also feels very timeless. Extremely. And the green is so good. Wow. So the th- green's stunning. It's like very, it's like, like, woodsy, dark green. Yes, I was going to yeah. say it's like garden green. It's like the color of shutters on a classic yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That best, that like best green shutter paint color. Exactly. So these these ones um, by Sabre that we're linking to on Food 52, they come in green, brown. But that, which that is the brown, sorry. The t- it's yeah, the brown teak. is it's a teak. So good. It's wood. It's yeah. so good. And cream and black. And I love all the colors. The cream is also really chic. I like it too, because it there's something about it that just feels very like everyday and informal, but is also, I don't know, like it's interesting and designy, which I like. I have a question. Mm-hmm. With something like this, would you ever do a mix and match or would you ever do like- Great question. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if I were cooler, I would. Like yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like Ellen mm-hmm. Van Dusen would totally mix and match these. And 100%. I would be like all green, please. I yeah. couldn't yeah, possibly. Yeah, 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 yeah. All fair, uh, fair. I um, do think that doing like the ivory and the black together would be oh. super cool. Like doing like like half of yes. each. Um, yes, yeah. I agree. Agreed. And would be like Agreed. something I could maybe bite off when I couldn't bite off the full <laughs> mix and match set. That is, the, the, the ivory and the black look great together actually. Yeah, I got excited about these. I will not be purchasing these because as I said, I have great flatware, but I think this is what I would do. The other thing actually I would be tempted to register for because I also just love this brand is George Jensen, mm-hmm, which is this mm-hmm. like classic, classic Danish mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. brand design brand, mostly all silver stuff and a lot of Like jewelry. stainless steel, like very sleek. Yeah. Yes. Home jewelry stuff. My great aunt collected a lot of jewelry from George Jensen and passed it down. So I feel very like sentimental about it, but they have beautiful flatware. And actually my parents, I think, yes, my parents have this New York set and it just will last forever and it will always be sort of in vogue. And something that I think will come up a lot in this conversation is this brand has been around forever. It's going to continue to be around forever. So you know that 10 years from now, when you realize that three of the spoons have gone in the garbage disposal or like left it left somewhere when you like decided to bring it to work or whatever, you're going to be able to replace it. Like you're not going to be like, oh, this brand went out of business and now I have to have mismatched flatware or buy a whole new set. This I feel like is like very core to this conversation about registry or just like things you want to have for a really long time, like which will move us into our next thing, which is dishes. Yes. I recently just bought like we lost, you know, we broke one plate, another plate, like mm-hmm. whatever. We needed a couple new dishes and I could buy a couple new dishes because yes. I have Heath Ceramics, which is something, which was like the thing I registered for that I was like, this is like 
a fancy, expensive thing that mm-hmm. is like nicer than my apartment right now. But <laughs> but someday I will like have a place and like be, have a table and whatever that is worthy of these dishes. <laughs> I do. I think that was a great decision on your part. And I do think that dishes are something that always surprise me when I see how much it costs for a good looking plate, yes. um, like a good looking ceramic plate. And I do think that this is one of those opportunities to be like, okay, I'm going to like let my wedding guests buy me the nice version of this thing because it would be hard for me to spend this much on it. Totally. Um, And he is exactly, you're right. Like it will be around forever and you will be able to replace these things one by one as necessary. And I just feel so good about this business. I mean, it's, they're all handmade in the US. Like, come on, like that's amazing. Agreed. And I have pieces from the coop line in linen, which is this like, you know, sort of ivory color. I feel like we once thing we're learning about dishes is that every line has a coop line or every business has a coop yes. line. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's just so nice that these are sold in so many different sizes and shapes. Like they're I have three different size bowls, including like, you know, tiny little ones. Yeah. I have to say that if I were to go back and register right now, I would be registering for a, a is it called a plole? The thing that's a cross between a plate and a bowl? Yes, I have those. Yeah. I have those plole. Yeah. That's yeah. something that's really missing in my life. We use um, them all the yeah, time. I'm sorry, like for rubbing this yeah, in, yeah, like yeah, making you know it worse. But like <laughs> mm-hmm. this is like this is the thing we use like most nights for dinner because there's always like a grain and you always of want course. the like the sauce the to side. get on the grain. Yeah. And this is how you naturally do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't. So I don't have a plole. And that is because what I have is something that was the dishware that I grew up with that is perfectly good and so timeless. It's from Dansk. It's their, it's a bistro style that's not really, I, I think, in production anymore, but had been until really recently. And maybe again, because Dansk was just bought by Food 52, which it's, we were so excited about. It's this classic Scandinavian. news. Yeah. It's this like super classic Scandinavian brand that feels very like minimal and and beautiful. The design that we will link to, it has this very like, it's minimal white with this navy contrast trim. And yeah, I I have like a plole similar, like a, a plole adjacent shape, but I really need a plole is is what I need. And the other line that makes a really good plole Tell is me. John O'Pandolfi. Mm. The thing that I like, or the like sort of fun fact about John O'Pandolfi is that this is the guy who makes the dishware for like so many fancy restaurants in New York, like in LA and San Francisco. But this is the guy that's, that restaurants go to, to be like, we need some good looking dishware. Um, and give I us feel the like polls, please. Give <laughs> us the polls. I feel like he set the tone for the sort of like Brooklyn, New York restaurant scene dishware. And his coupe collection was coupe designed. Collection. Coupe the collection. The coupe collection. Yep. <laughs> Ding, bingo. It was designed specifically for Daniel Hum when he was at Nomad and now of 11 Madison Park. NBD. Um, NBD. NBD. If you happen to be in Brooklyn, he's doing a pop-up on Vanderbilt so you can go check it out in person. Mm. But I do just think that these are the plates where like no matter what you put on it, you could put four Crispix and it'll look really Instagram-y. <laughs> <laughs> like I just like that you could just put whatever and it'll look like fine dining. Especially if you put just the four crispics like on one side. On one side. Oh, don't yeah. center them. Yeah, don't center crazy. them. But it is because it has set the tone for that aesthetic. It just will make everything look like a great meal regardless of what it is. I love that. Thank you so much to Dipsy for sponsoring today's episode. So I feel like over the last, I don't know, couple of months or whatever, whenever I talk to people about what they're reading, I've the response has often been like, oh, like I can't get into anything. I like just can't pick up a book. I'm one of those people. I'm really struggling. 
I mean, I think it's common and I think it's like hard for us to wrap our heads around, especially like, you know, a 400 page novel right now sometimes yeah. just feels like me maybe don't have the bandwidth, the yep. brain capacity to bite into, which is like, but you still want something escapist and don't necessarily yes. want to be sitting in front of like a screen again where yes. it's like, oh, I, I, I moved from my like laptop to a television to just yes. like watch more stuff, which I don't know. I feel like Dipsy might be the answer to this question for a lot of people. I mean, I love it. It's like these quick, sexy audio stories. So you're not reading a book. You're not not committing to like a two-hour long movie, but it is... They're just very, very good. They're very well done. You guys have heard us talk about them for a while now. Dipsy is this audio app. You sign up. It's an app on your phone. It's like private. If you want it to be private, you can share it with your partner if you want to do that. It's full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people in immersive scenarios so you feel like you're right there. You can listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush you never made a move on or that coworker you always had a little thing for. They do truly, we've talked about this too, but they have something for every fantasy you have, like every possible scenario. It's truly... Um, you will, they've, they've covered it you will feel You'll, seen. You will feel seen. You know what, Erica? That's right. You will feel seen. There's always more content to explore because they're always releasing new content, no matter what you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash a thing or two. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash a thing or two. That's dipsystories.com slash a thing or two. The one line that we wanted to call out that doesn't fit in the like, this has been around forever. What mm-hmm. category is Pomelo Casa? It's just so good and pretty. And it's this colorful painted Spanish line. It was started by an interior designer who grew up in Southern Spain. And when she eventually landed in LA, she wanted to bring like the ceramics of her youth to this place that felt like very similar to the South of Spain for her, where she was like, oh, they're terracotta roofs and mm-hmm. casita style houses and all these citrus trees. And had like a hell of a time tracking this stuff down until she eventually connected with, big surprise, the like same workshop that made the pieces that she grew uh, Mm -hmm. up with. And they're just these very like colorful, hand-painted mix and match pieces. And I feel like I'd be nervous doing a whole table in them Right. Yes. I, this is what I was going to say. This I would absolutely mix and match. Yes. Um, this, I, yes. It's like yes. I want a pitcher. I want like one of these large serving bowls. Like mm-hmm. I feel like maybe, and they have like little like little plates and little bowls that maybe yeah. you could mix and match. It, maybe you have a set of dishes you really like, but you could just like add some of these things on. With or it. maybe it's like you just do your dessert bowls from that. Yes. And you do a whole set of different colors, and it's this like fun little flair at the end of your meal. This is an area where I feel like you're a real expert or at least something that you're particularly passionate about. Mm. Table table linens, like table cloth linens. napkins, tablecloths, placemats. You know, I think we kind of share ownership of this category, Claire, because I feel really strongly about cloth napkins, but I feel like you're the real placemat guru. I was just going to say, I do love placemats. I just like keeping placemats out at all times on yes. my t- on my kitchen I, table. I've been doing this because of you because you got me nice placemats. Oh, yeah. Um, I, do, I, I was not know. a placemat person before. I I just love them. I think my mom also had a lot and handed them down to me. So I like it's something I've just always had and liked and I think makes you feel like you dressed your table. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, 
I love, I have a bunch of cloth napkins and I still aspire to own more of them, but like (laughs) can't quite bring myself to make the purchase. I do not. This is something that you have gotten me into. You use them like long before I ever did. And I was always like, I don't understand how you do it. It just feels like a lot. And now it's not that hard. You know, the hard part for me, I got to say, is the storage. Like, where are you storing these things? I have like a table linens drawer. You just pull them out. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you know, the Marie Kondo folded so that you can like grab just like one or two at a time. I don't know. Um, I don't, I really want a tablecloth and I've been eyeing a tablecloth from the Lion Society of Wanderers for approximately Mm -hmm. three years. Yeah. Um, And it might be time. It's this Australian lion that started with bedding, but has what they would call like nappery. They've really nailed Mm -hmm. their nappery. And they have all of these patterns. You release new ones all the time. But the one that I've been in love with forever Mm -hmm. is this leopard linen Mm -hmm. um, one. And I like it as the tablecloth where it's just so damn loud. Like there's just nothing quiet about like a leopard tablecloth. So here's my question about tablecloths yeah. for you, because I actually own a ton and I yeah. re- like a ton that I really like because my great aunt and grandmother, yeah. like, you know, the f- who, people who used to dress tables handed them all down to me. Yeah. And I never know, like, at what point would I use this? Because also mm. you and I both have nice kitchen tables that have like That's a pretty true. wood That's on true. them. And I'm like, is covering this up going to make my table look better? I'm not sure. So the only time in the last I really want to say 10 years that I've used a tablecloth is that when, because we were home for the holidays this year and I made latkes one night, I was like, you know, this is going to make this feel like special and festive. I'll put a tablecloth on. I mean, I think that's exactly right. I think that's the answer. I think, Claire, I want to own one tablecloth for that yeah. purpose. Like, yeah, I don't I think, think I need a enough. collection of them, but I'd like to have yeah. one because it does feel like dressed up in like a little special. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Because I don't have like a dining room that I'm going into for special meals. Not that I would ever want one. But I like what I like about this one is that it has this like pale gray background and just feels Mm -hmm. like very like it's loud because it's leopard, but not like loud because of the motif. Um, It's also Erica, as I'm looking at it, $69. No, I think I I think not that I I, there's also listen, it's shipping from Australia. It's shipping from Australia. So, okay, how Okay. Well, I don't know how much the shipping is, but I feel like if this comes to under a hundred dollars that you've, you've earned, that I've earned it just by talking yeah. about it for four minutes right now. Yeah, that's probably. right. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of placemats, I bought you mm-hmm. placemats recently. You did buy me placemats from Lewis. I have been so excited about Lewis expanding into new product categories. This is this company that makes, they're like known for their children's pajamas, basically, and newborn clothes. They have- And swaddles, the best swaddles, swaddles right? The be- you're right. Yes. The best swaddles on the market. Um, They just do, they have these beautifully illustrated prints and they're in perfect colors. And you have very likely seen them on Instagram because every kid is running around in their pajamas. And they recently expanded into homeware. So they have placemats, napkins, tablecloths. Erica got me the pink placemats that I was coveting for Valentine's Day, which was so exciting. I mean, technically and- Valentine's Day, but oh, right. I understand. And your confusion. It was Valentine's Day. You're right. <laughs> Very just like beautifully done stuff. The other placemats that I love, and, and these people also have like coasters and runners, et cetera, is Thompson Street Studio. Mm. Mm. A line we feel so passionately about. So remember that there was like, I don't want to call it like a mini trend or a mini boom, but like that's basically what it was around quilts. And yes. Like qu- and like the whole quilting thing is obviously still happening in fashion, but like quilts specifically as blankets were really happening like yes. four or five years ago. There were like all these cool quil- quilting lines. Yeah. yeah. And not that they all look the same, but a lot of them follow the same aesthetic. And Thompson Street Studio just is like completely in a class of its own. Yeah. 
just beautiful colors and shapes and totally different techniques. And their quilts are really expensive and understandably so. And I love that these coasters and placemats and runners are a way to own a piece of their artistry without like A, having to like put a giant quilt on your bed or on your wall if that's not your thing or B, spend that much money. Yes. I love these so much. And they also do feel like the sort of thing you would just like have forever. And also because the way they're made and because mm-hmm. they are these like little like fabric swatches all stitched together, I feel like mm-hmm. they hide stains and things really totally. well. Totally. Yes. I don't know. They absolutely do. You also, you got me a Thompson Street Studio Runner one year. Oh my gosh. You really adorned my table and wow. I have adorned yours. Wow. Yeah. P- apparently this is an excellent gifting category. Truly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Truly. The other the other line we wanted to talk about is aims for goodie. We've talked have we talked about goodie on this podcast before? It's a really good question. I don't know. It's the brothers from Wantley's Essentials, which is like my chic, it's chic, so chic. chic canvas and leather men's bags and accessories. Chris owns the like everything, like the back, the backpack and the garment bag and the duffel because for a while it was all I would get him for for Speaking gifts. of great gifting categories. Yeah. <laughs> They're no longer there. They left that line and they started this like multi-brand e-com shop called Goody. Love and it. it's feels reminiscent of of a kind. They're very good at the storytelling behind the things. They only work with brands that are sort of like socially, environmentally cause-oriented. Um, I feel and like they I just, end up discovering a lot of things there. Me too. brands I haven't seen before. Me too. And they're really, they have incredible taste, like really, really strong taste. So this Ames line is this German design company that was founded by a Colombian that works with all Colombian craftspeople. And they're just like very like fun. Like yeah. it's just fun. I don't know. Unexpected color combos that work really well. Um, and so the, they have these placemats that are so great, but then they also have like applied the same weaving technique to, to like trash cans and a couple other things that are really fun. I mean, but really the cutest trash can. I do feel like these placemats are also something that I keep being like, should I buy those? But again, I have so many placemats. So it's a category for you. It's strong. Yeah, it's true. It's strong. Okay. Wine glasses. Mm-hmm. I have been really interested or like very committed recently to this line called Ferrone. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't mm-hmm. even really know how to pronounce it because it's spelled F-F-E-R-R-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so that's what I'm going with. It's by this Chicago architect, Felicia Ferrone, and it's made. What a of, name. I know, right? Felicia Ferrone. Uh, feels like a real like romance novel character or something. Truly, truly. It's made out of this Czech borosilicate glass, which is less sensitive to heat and cold, which both mostly means that these are like more durable mm-hmm, pieces mm-hmm. of glassware than you would yep. normally get if you were buying a wine glass or whatever. It is oven safe technically, which I'm not mm-hmm. sure if, if you need for it to be. In the um, oven. But it's also dishwasher safe, which is really lovely. Mm-hmm. When we moved into this apartment or when we like signed the like contract for it, mm-hmm. I got Thomas the Dearborn Champagne Flutes, which mm-hmm. are like these stemless, very beautiful. Yeah. They have like cut, they're like cut on the inside for our like first takeout pizza meal sitting on the floor, which just felt like, you know, Cute. this like special little thing. And I have been obsessed with their Revolution water and wine glasses since I saw them in like 2008 at a mm-hmm. design show. They're these like cylinders and they're split in half with a pe- with a like circle of glass mm-hmm. um, so that they're sized to the, so that if you hold them one way, they're the right amount for water. And if you flip them upside down, they're the right amount for wine. And I just think- How clever. How so clever. clever. Exceedingly clever. It's a clever wine glass. It's I just love so, that. Yeah. Like, and it's like not stemless, but it's very stable and like, I don't know. I'm very um, into it. 
The other wine glass line that has been everywhere lately and with good reason is Estelle colored glass, which is just so such beautiful colored glassware, which speaking of mix and match, like do it, mix and match it. Mix and match. I also, their coupe glasses are really pretty. Yes. And I don't like always love a coupe glass, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the color makes it seem a little less like fussy. Agreed. And there's a really good New York Times story about the founder of this woman, Stephanie Hall, who's a serial entrepreneur and who based this line on her grandma's china cabinet collections and just like wanting to like create that for herself, which is very cute. Very cute. Okay, so drinking glasses. Mm. I just want to back up your claims about the borosilicate. Yes, Because I have borosilicate drinking glasses and I cannot believe how durable they are. And here's what I will say about them that is feels so rare and I think probably also applies to the Ferone wine glasses. Yeah. It's still really thin. And the like, I love a thin drinking glass. And you do this. You feel strongly about this. I feel really strongly about like a thin, light drinking glass. And they are problematic because they usually break. And yeah. I've broken a lot of them. But the borosilicate is really durable um, and has withstood a lot of dropping and like toddler hands. And these Borosil Simple Glass Tumblers, the brand is Borosil, are so perfect. Chris and I got them after like lots of like, which ones do we get? Which, which should we get this? Should we get that? And both were just like, this is just a great drinking glass. And there's a couple things about it. One, it's thin. So we we covered that. Yeah. But two, it is a uniform width all around, including the bottom. So it like doesn't- It's like a perfect cylinder. It's yeah. not like, it doesn't narrow. Exactly. It doesn't fan out. It doesn't narrow. And I've realized that I think that this is a big part of like the drinking experience being ideal for me is I think something about a glass fanning out. So, okay, two things. It's not heavier at the bottom. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have glass a, itself. It doesn't have a butt. Yeah. Yeah. And the glass, so the glass itself is the same weight all yeah, the way around, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. think like it looks very elegant, but then it also is that straight up and down sphere. And I just think there's something about those characteristics that make it easier to drink from the glass. Wow. And okay. A lot, you know how a lot of people feel passionately about drinking from mason jars? Like that's the perfect yeah, drinking yeah, vessel. Yeah. I think it's because of that same thing. Like it is the same with glass all around, except for the little, you know, lip. ball yeah. jar insignia in the lip. But like it is also straight up and down sphere. Um, and I think Interesting. that makes it better. Interesting. Um, yeah. A lot of people feel really strongly about the Borosil glasses you have. Mm-hmm. And the other half that we know feel very yeah. strongly about the Bormioli Rocco glasses that I have. Um, the Bodega glasses. The Bodega glasses. Exactly. Yeah. So the Bodega glasses come in three sizes, seven and a half ounces, 12 and a half ounces, 17.25 ounces, all serve their purposes. You can get a mm-hmm. whole set of like 36 glasses for $95, which is really is good. Remarkable. That's a great. Yes, I agree. The 12 and a half is like, like a classic drinking glass. Like Mm -hmm. this is like probably the most everyday useful of them. But friends, Mm -hmm. the seven and a half ounce one is definitely the cutest. It's so cute. I I just feel like it's like very, like the most versatile. You can use it for wine or like juice or we, like I've made desserts in it, like pudding or like a cheesecake or whatever. I put like dips in there. Like, yeah, it's a low. It's just a little shallow glass. I love that shape. I that size. And I will say that I wish that the Borosil ones came in that size because I think it's incredibly cute. Incredibly cute. And this company has been making glassware since 1825. But before that, the family had been known for the art of glass making since the Middle Ages. So don't think they got their start as late as 1825. God, I just got jealous. Like, should I start doing something that Cam can also do and then his kids can do? Like, that would be so cool to be like, my family's been doing this for- My family's been making glass since the (laughs) Middle Ages. Like, let's get a family business going. That's pretty cool. 
one other glass line we wanted to talk about that we both we both, we both own. have yeah. yeah the Duralex Picardi glasses these you've definitely seen super classic like they're like faceted style. faceted yes. is that faceted it? they do yeah. fan out and this is my complete I don't think there is pleasurable to like drink a chug a glass of water from for that reason yeah but if you're just sipping maybe you can. if you're just, I do think they're very cute and classic as like a wine or like sherry glass or something like that they also make little ones they make yes, different they sizes do. and they make yeah. little ones I I'm surprising no one own only the little ones mm-hmm. um and I own this like carafe and tumbler set mm-hmm. and the glass the little stack of four glasses fits inside the top of the craft the nest right nest exactly yeah. And it like, it's very good on like a nightstand if you're someone who drinks water at night yeah. or like it doubles as a vase and it's just like all around incredibly useful. And it's like 30 bucks, which makes it another excellent little gift item. I love that. Should we finish out with cutting and serving boards, which I think are an incredible gift because you just don't buy them for yourself. Yes. But then they're so useful. The times, one, many of the times that I have gone off registry for close mm-hmm. friends is a cutting board, like a really yes. nice wood cutting board that you're like, there's just no way that you're going to like reject this gift. Um, no. It's just like anything that you don't buy yourself ever. I, why don't you though? Because you I don't use know. it so much. I So somebody gave me the farmhouse pottery dipped clay plate as a housewarming gift. And it is this beautiful, heavy, round ceramic serving board that's dipped in white glaze. glaze. And farmhouse pottery is this like wonderful company out of Woodstock, Virginia makes beautiful stuff. And it was exactly the type of thing I looked at. I was like, well, this is really pretty. Thank you. Like I really appreciate having this. And I definitely would have never bought it for myself, which like you and I know I buy a lot of shit for myself. Um, I cannot believe how much I use it. And I never would have guessed. Every time I go to your house for for people, like when people are over, it's there. I cannot remember the last time we entertained without employing it. You think that these things are frivolous, but they're not. No, because if you use them, then they're not. If you exactly. use them, then they're not. I can't believe it took us this long to get to Fort Standard, but here we are. Shocking. Yeah. So picking up on this, the other like truisms about these things is that, and part of the reason that I think we don't buy ourselves cutting boards and stuff, cutting boards and serving boards is because they're really annoying to store. Yeah. Like, where are you putting these things? Yeah. So I feel like they have to be beautiful and yes. you have to be able to leave them out on the counter or leaning against the wall on the counter or whatever it is. And these Fort Standard walnut planks are just absolute works of art. They're like design pieces. They're shapes. They come in triangles and circles. And then they have these long handles and then circles at the end of the handle. So you could hang it from a hook if you wanted to do that. Love, love. I also just like a long anything in Mm, general, like works nice on a table. Um, Yes, agreed. Yeah, which I feel like your last rack, these yes. um, French oak serving boards. Check the that Le, box. Le Regal French oak serving boards. So they're these oblong or like rectangular serving platters, which I have to say, I think that this is a shape that is really overlooked in the home. Like in restaurants, you're constantly being served shit on rectangular or oblong dishes, boards, whatever, because it's just kind of easier to make stuff look nice on that shape than it is on a circle. Yes, um, yes. It's just going to be, I just think, well, you because you have like it's like a runway. It's like a little bit of a different yeah. like you can like yeah have moments on there that you can't really have totally. on a, like a round plate. So I love these. They're all oblong, beautiful wood, um, and you can just construct a really cute cheese board with this shape. I think I love it. This was fun. It makes me it makes me want to buy myself a tablecloth. Mm-hmm. I uh, think you should. Three years in, um, I think you should. And like yeah, and just have people over. That's what I want to mm-hmm. do. Ugh. Yeah, that too. Like really at that moment where that's a vaguely viable thing. Isn't that nice? Truly. Yes. If you want more of this, sign mm-hmm. up for Secret Menu to get the full the full deep dive into all of the all the stuffs. Um, that's right. 
whether you're creating a wedding registry or just like stocking your home. And if you were interested in the baby registry, we did that a bit ago. We um, did. This so. was sort of like inspired by our baby registry guide, which people seem to like. So go to a thing or two hq.com, sign up for secret menu, get your baby registry, get your wedding registry, do it all. Registry, and get registry, emails registry. from us once a week that are super exclusive. Extremely. Okay, that's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so, so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us to make this podcast happen, especially our outstanding producer, Brian Peoples. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com. If you love our show, consider supporting it by signing up for Secret Menu at, you guessed it, a thing or two HQ.com.